Hello and welcome to the Daily Royal. My name is Shelby and I have been a royal watcher for the past 10 years. In this podcast, I talk about the daily events of seven of the European monarchies. So I talk about Belgium, the UK, Denmark, the Netherlands, Norway, Spain, and Sweden. I upload Monday through Friday with occasional bonus episodes here and there. Today we are talking about all of the events from Monday, May 31st, and Tuesday, June 1st of 2021. Um, So I'm sorry I didn't warn you guys that I wasn't going to do an episode yesterday. I kind of thought through it in my head um, that that was a potential thing that I was going to do was not record on Monday. Um, One, because it was like a holiday here in the U.S., and two, it was a rather slow day in the royal family. Um, and I just had a really intense weekend and, like, needed kind of a processing day. Um, and then when I went through and kind of wrote what the outline would be, there just really weren't any events to talk about. And so I just was like, yeah, I'm definitely not recording. Um, I was kind of going to play it by ear. Um... And so I did. I just never told you guys that that's what I was doing. So I'm really sorry if you are bummed that there was no episode yesterday. Um, However, we're going to cover all of the events that happened yesterday in today's episode. Um, Although I should warn you, it wasn't a lot. Um, There were a lot of events, but there's nothing that I can really expand upon. So, um, yeah, that's where we're at. It was a weird day yesterday. Um, But for now, let's just go ahead and jump in, and we'll discuss the past two days in the Belgian royal family. Monday in Belgium, there was one event, um, and so that is the regular weekly Monday event of King Philippe and the Prime Minister of Belgium having their weekly audience. Cool. Um, And then today, however, was a little bit of a busier day. Um, So we'll start off with King Philippe, who visited another vaccination center. So this is actually his third visit to a vaccination center. Um, I don't think I talked about the second one. I just kind of missed it in the schedule, um, but this will be his third, or this is his third, um, so he is doing this, obviously, to learn about each, um, center's, like, operation, um, how they do their operate, like, how they do their vaccination center, how they run it, and the operations of that, like, the ops of how that works, um, because obviously there's a lot of logistics, I've talked about this, you know, several times, um, in these mass vaccination centers, there is just a lot of optics that have to be done. So, and also like, um, we've seen this kind of play out in, you know, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge went to their mass vaccination center that they were assigned to. King Felipe of Spain went to his mass vaccination center that he was assigned to. Um, and so they're getting like, different experiences of the vaccination process. Um, I know today it was revealed that King Willem Alexander has had his first dose. I don't know where he got his. They 
the royal house informed us that they wouldn't share like a lot of details but then he said today that he had gotten his first dose um but like it never came out in a press statement or anything like that um but you know these mass vaccination centers have these really intricate processes for getting everyone checked in, getting everybody vaccinated appropriately, getting the doses figured out. Um, you know, I've talked about how I walked into my first dose because I was there. Um, so I was on a, like, they had extra doses and I was physically present and I said, hey, can I have one? Like, I'm here. You don't have to call anyone. You don't have to, like, get a hold of anyone. Um like, I'm just right here. And so that's how I looked into mine. But there's, you know, a process for like, okay, we don't have any more appointments. Everyone is checked in. We still have three doses left in this vial. And so how can we get rid of them? So just the processes are really intense. Um, so that was his first visit. And then he also today held an audience with a political scientist who um, has written a book focused, um, I believe on her experience. I, I haven't looked into it a whole ton yet. Um, but I believe it is of her experience of being a, um, daughter of colonization. So she is from the now democratic Republic of Congo. Um, and as we have talked about, there is a complicated history, um, extremely, extremely complicated history between Belgium and the Democratic Republic of Congo, um, and specifically Belgian, the Belgian royal family. Um, but so she had written a book and then she also curated an exhibit, um, focused on a hundred years of Congonese art in Antwerp, um, in Belgium. So I think this is something in all honesty and it played a big part in like the early history that I did of the Belgian royal family. So that was early pandemic last year. So like March or April, um, I went through and did extensive histories on like every single royal family that I talk about. Um, and this part played a huge piece of that. And then it's kind of grown and expanded as King Philippe has done a little bit more and more to recognize the fraught history between um, the Congo and Belgium. Um, and in, in a way that is different than a lot of other colonization um, because it wasn't the country. Like Belgium did not colonize the Congo the royal, the king of Belgium colonized the Congo for his own profit. So it's much more fraught and much more ingrained in the Belgian royal family, the, the, the feelings. Um, I'm by no means I'm saying King Philippe is a colonizer. Like, no, that is not accurate. Um, but it is very much ingrained in the royal family's history, um, more so than all of Belgium. Of course, the Belgian government did learn of the atrocities and took over, and then things kind of, like, stayed status quo, but then it was the whole government in charge. Um, so that's also terrible, but it's much more, you know, King Leopold did this. Um, 
and so that's complicated. Um, so those were his two visits. Wow, I've talked so much already about the Belgian royal family. That's okay, I don't do that very often. Um, and then also to end the day, uh, Queen Mathilde handed out the official awards certificates for the Queen Elizabeth music competition. So she went through, she did all six nights, um, and then the award ceremony kind of thing was today. Um, it wasn't a full award ceremony because these performers have all been in a very strict COVID lockdown situation. Um, so I, again, this is my first cycle of the Queen Elizabeth music competition, so I don't know what it is normally like without, like, looking back. Um, so I don't know if this is how this happens, but it was obviously a much more, um, COVID safe environment for that to be done. Um, so that's the end of the Queen Elizabeth music competition for this year. Um, next year, I think the performances are violin. I don't know. I think they are. Um, but we'll see what they are next year. I'm sure we will figure it out then. Um, so that is what was going on in Belgium. We are now going to jump to the British royal family. Monday, it was actually a bank holiday in the UK, um, which is basically just like kind of a free day off for people. Um, so it was a bank holiday. So there were like no events yesterday in the British Royal family. Um, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge YouTube channel did release a new video conversation, um, with the Hold Still project. Um, this one was focused on men who dressed up as Spider-Man. Spider, yeah, Spider-Man, because there were multiple, as Spider-Man, to, like, entertain and cheer up children during the first part of lockdown, because it was so distressing to be in lockdown the first time. Um, I think we're much more used to it and much better at it now, like, but that first time it was like, okay, what kinds of things can I do? I know I became, um, I went out and purchased a Nintendo Switch, um, like a Nintendo Switch Lite, um, and got really into video games for the first two weeks of my lockdown. Um, and then I did puzzles on my iPad a lot. Um, but then after that, my life kind of resumed normal, um, which was fine with me, but that's what I did to start. Um, and now it's just like, oh, cool. We're in lockdown. What show do I want to watch? Or like, I'm in a quarantine. What do I want to do? Um, and like, Anytime I thought I had COVID, I was just so sick and tired. I was just like, I'm just going to sleep. Um, so that's how I dealt with lockdowns after that. But, you know, the first time it was really hard. Um, so Spider-Man was really, really cool. Um, so that was yesterday. And then there was nothing on the court circular um, because I did have to look because I put out all my engagement gowns today. Um, you can find those on the website has like the more detailed information. Um, so the dailyroyal.com has like who had how many events. Um, and the post on Instagram, there is one on Instagram too, just says like the monthly total. It's not very detailed. Um, 
you have to go to my website for more detail. So, um, I do want to pull up the court circular for today, but I will also say today Queen Elizabeth um, did another virtual ceremony where she received the credentials from two ambassadors. Um, so today it was Afghanistan and Iceland. Um, and uh, just a little note for the social media team um, for the royal family, like social media, um, you forgot to put what, where the, the ambassador like, you didn't put the country name for Iceland. I had to Google his name, which is fine. Um, but, you know, that would have been helpful. So, that is what was on the court circular. Apparently, it is also um, half term, which means it's going to be pretty quiet from the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge this week. Um, so, I'm just going to go through. So, it looks like the only thing on the court circular today was the two ambassadors. Um... In their virtual credential ceremony sorry I was reading because I thought they had forgotten to put that he was from Iceland on here as well but they did not they just had it like split up weird um, so that that's that not a whole lot going on um, at least today or yesterday in the UK I'm not gonna you know automatically say that makes things quiet um, but that's where we're at now so, with that, we are going to jump over to the Danish royal family. Denmark, there were a couple of different events today um, and nothing yesterday. So today, um, this typically isn't always shared on the royal families like social media and things like that, but today it was. So um, the Mary Foundation, which is of course named for Crown Princess Mary, launched a new initiative focused on football. Um, so I guess the European Championship European football championship is being held in Denmark this year, um, which is like maybe the first time this has ever happened. I don't know. I don't watch football. If you have been listening to this podcast for any length of time in the past, like three months, you will know that like I'm going through a journey with football. <laughs> um, also the fact that I've caught it football three times and not caught it soccer once is really impressive. Um, because I just don't like it. But it is a sport that a lot of royals attend sporting events for. Um, and so I have watched a couple of football games and I thought like, oh, maybe I'm becoming a football fan. I am not. Um, although <laughs> I was very invested in the <laughs> rise and fall of the European Super League. Like way more than I should have been for someone who did not give a care in the world. Um, but so anyway, they are launching... Um, an initiative that will focus on, I think, hosting, like, football watch parties or maybe, like, virtual watch parties or something. I don't know. We're, we are still living in the in a pandemic, but parties was used in this term. Um, and so the Mary Foundation does a lot of work with, like, 
grief and preventing loneliness and bullying and things like that. So obviously this is a way to connect around a common interest, football, European football, um, for people to come together and have that prevention of loneliness kind of built into a football game, match, whatever they're called. Seriously, me and football. This is a journey, you guys. It's a journey. Um, I don't know why. I just detest football so much, and the fact that I have to talk about it so much makes me kind of crazy. Um, so anyway, that was launched today. There was a really cute launch video. I will have it linked. It's all in Danish, um, but it's really cute, like videography. Very impressed. Um, so I'll have that on the website as well for you guys to all t check out. Um, and the only other thing happening, and no details were shared on this other than like just a blurb on the calendar, um, is that Crown Prince Frederick is taking part in a virtual um, International Olympic Committee um, that's going to go on for the next few days. And I think it's focused on the 2024, I don't know, it was, it was called Paris 24. 2024, but I didn't think that's where the Olympic Games were were being held in 2024. I thought they were in LA. They're not. The 2024 Olympics are in Paris. Okay, well that makes a lot more sense. So Los Angeles must be 2028. Okay. Anyway, I'm still taking bets on whether this year's Olympics will actually happen. Um, I know we're like a month and a half away now, so maybe. Um, okay, so that is what was going on in Denmark. So now we are going to jump to the marathon of a day that the Dutch royal family had today. in the Netherlands today like a lot um so we're gonna go through a couple of them like briefly and then we'll talk about a couple of them pretty intensely um so I should start with there was nothing yesterday that's where we're starting um yesterday nothing going on that happened a lot um so today this one is just a guess based on what they called the event um so I think King Willem's King Willem Alexander swore in um, several new ambassadors before they left to their posting. So this is similar to like King Felipe attending the graduation ceremony. I think it's kind of the same thing, but I don't know. Um, but that's just like my guess. This is one that we're not going to talk a whole lot about because I don't know what's going on. Um, and then King Willem Alexander today also visited some charitable initiatives in The Hague, which is a neighborhood, I think in Amsterdam. Um, it's where a lot of things are, like the most important government buildings, um, both like nationally and internationally. Um, I've always thought of The Hague as like war criminal trials, which is accurate, but like not the extent, like not the entirety of The Hague. Um, but that's what I always think of when I hear that. Um, so he visited two organiz 
two charitable organizations, one that um, does a lot of different things for like making sure children have equal access to play opportunities. So allowing them to like, um, or their families to rent toys and like bikes and things like that um, to make sure like every kid has equal access to toys um, and play, which I think is super important because look, we've all been kids, right? Like a kid who doesn't have a bike is like, oh, are you, are you okay? Like, um, whereas this way you can rent a bike or you can, you know, loan out a bike. I don't think it's like a pay rental thing. It's a, it's a charity organization. So you can like use a bike that they have. Um, so you have access to a bike and different toys and things like that. It's really cool. Um, so then he also visited an organization that I'm not even going to try to pronounce the name of um, that focuses on, like, parents. It's, spe- it's specified mothers, so I don't know what the deal is there. Um, that doesn't seem very equal opportunity, the Netherlands, but um, where parents will plan out activities for the neighborhood children to do. Um, especially now that we're like coming up on summer. I mean, how important is that? I don't have children, but like I have nannied and babysat most of my entire life. Um, and coming up with summer activities for children is like a lot because they get bored so quickly and they want to do something else like right away. Like you finish it and it's like, okay, what's next? And it's like, oh, No, I was hoping that would take like another, you know, hour or so. And it's like took 20 minutes or less. Um, So props to this organization for doing that because that's really important. Um, They also like come together and work on like meals so they can have like community meals. It's very cool. Um, So and then also today, um, Queen Maxima opened a children's museum Um, and this is going to be like a series of ongoing events for the Dutch Royal family, much like it is in almost every single other country, um, the reopening of museums. So it's kind of like where the Netherlands is in terms of their reopening status at the moment. Like they're reopening some of the more, um, cultural things and touristy things like that, um, and this step down from COVID restriction plan. Um, A lot of travel is open again, things like that. Um, But also these big cultural places are reopening um, just in time for summer because that's super important. Um, Because that's where we're getting up to. I mean, I know for like my, I'm not in school, but like the school district that I grew up in um, is done. Um, it's just a lot of like, it's summer now. I mean, it's June 1st, so it's, it's summer for most places. Um, so that's a big deal. Um, so perfect timing there on the Children's Museum. And then finally today was the, um, Apples of Orange Award Ceremony, which was held in kind of a hybrid ceremony thing where it was held in the palace and there were a couple of people there in person um but for the most part the event happened digitally um so we've seen this a lot kind of throughout anyway so this was not wholly unexpected um but in this I haven't really dived 
dived? Is that a word? I'm using it. I haven't really gotten in too deep into the speech that she gave and everything like that, but apparently, um, so Queen Maxima has really been focused on like music education and more music in the classroom. Like that has been her thing for a long time now. Um, and that is shifting. Um, so her priority is really now shifting to, um, mental health and really making a strong mental health case, which is, um, very, I don't know the right word to use. So I think her 50th birthday interview really kicked this off, um, by talking about, um, her sister and, um, sharing that since then she's been trying to learn more. And I think now, you know, maybe in her mental headspace, and this is all an assumption and a conjecture that she's ready to like dive in and help start solving this problem for so many others. Um, so I think that's really awesome. I love to see it. I'm excited to see what she does with this like transition. Um, but the focus this year for the <laughs> apples of orange awards was on, um, mental strength. So I think here we go. We're starting to see the big switch to this transition. Um, and so the apples of orange awards is, um, awards given to companies that work with or are sponsored by the orange foundation, um, who have really cool nonprofit programming that are giving, given funds by the orange foundation, um, which was the wedding gift to, um, Willem Alexander and Maxima from now Princess Beatrix. So very cool. Also, I didn't talk about this, but so they have on, they're very different colors, but Queen Matilda and Queen Maxima today wore the exact same dress. It was just very different stylings. Like Queen Matilda's had a pattern and Queen Maxima's was solid blue. I strangely love both of them. And I equally with those two have a hard time with their style. It's just not mine. Um, either one of them and their styles are usually vastly different. Um, but today they wore the exact same dress in vastly different styles, but I loved it. Um, so that was really fun. So that is what was going on in the Netherlands today. Um, and now we are going to jump to the Norwegian Royal family. <laughs> so frustrated with the Norwegian Royal website. Okay. It's finally their turn. This has been an ongoing problem for like a lot of different countries. So there have been in the past two days, there have been seven events, seven. Do you know how many of them have a write-up from the Norwegian Royal household? As of this moment, 7.48 PM Eastern standard time, on June 1st, none of them, none of them. So one is going to be released tomorrow at like 1 p.m. Norway time, which is 
7 a.m. here, I think. Um, yeah, it is. So, anyway, okay. <laughs> so on Monday, King Harold and Crown Prince Akun held an audience with the Chief of the Air Force. Okay, we don't ever get readouts from that. Next, King Harald held an audience with the Norwegian National Association for Survivors After Suicide. So this, these are people who, whose loved ones took their own lives and they are left. Um, and that is a much different kind of grief. Um, I don't want to say it's harder or anything like that. It's just a very different type of grief than... Um, a natural cause death would be um, because there are there's a lot of blame there's a lot of confusion um, and so that's very hard so I I have worked for an organization that has a um, response team for survivors of suicide um, and it was really important work I never actually did the work myself because quite honestly, like my heart was not, that is a special kind of person. And I was not at the time able to do that. Um, but like, it is a very important job and it is very hard. Um, it's a very hard job for people to do, um, and to work with. So applaud King Harold for again, taking like this step and talking with um, an organization that deals with what I think used to be such a taboo subject that is now not as taboo. Um, and so talking about it is really important in this way. Um, and then also on Monday, King Harold and Queen Sonia met with two uh, lifeguards who were at the attack in um, on July 22nd of 2011. So for those who don't know, and we'll talk about this presumably on July 22nd, um, and a more extensive amount, um, but there were two terrorist attacks in Norway on the same, uh, that were related, um, but one of them was at a summer camp. And so it's very, like I said, we'll talk about it all, um, when the time comes, I don't think we're there yet. I think there are going to be events in commemoration of the attack. Um, and so I would like to share all of that together. Um, but these were two lifeguards from the camp. Um, and then finally on Monday, Crown Princess Metamart sent a video greeting to open something. I don't know. There was no translation I could find. The Norwegian word just didn't. It didn't translate. Um, sorry. So then we get to Tuesday. Um, so today, Crown Prince Akun took part in a board meeting of the SIKT Foundation. No idea, no readout. Um, and then Crown Prince Akun and Crown Princess Matamarit continued their meetings focused on July 22nd, 2011. Um, and today, today they met with representatives from emergency services about that day. Um, and then finally, and this is the only one that we have guaranteed, like, will share information on, but it hasn't been shared yet, um, is on, is t this afternoon, Crown Prince Akun and Crown Princess Matamarit took part in a kayak trip with young people, um, 
and the organization out Norwegian Outdoor Life, um, which I cannot, I am so bummed that they didn't share photos in the readout of it today because I'm so excited to see it. Um, like when I saw that they were doing this, I was very excited. Um, so that'll be something that I look forward to tomorrow and I will update the website with those pictures because they're going to be awesome. Um, so that was Norway over the past two days. They had the most amount of events with the least amount of information, but it still took just as long to read out everything. Um, and so with that, let's go ahead now and move on to the Spanish royal family. On Monday in Spain, there were no events, um, presumably because they worked on Saturday. So they still got their two-day weekend. Um, that tends to happen. It's not always a perfect, it doesn't always happen this way, but it, sometimes it can. Um, especially in a pandemic, things can happen. So today they started their week um, by inaugurating a new memorial center for victims of terrorism, um, which is located in the Basque country. Um, and so I want to talk about this briefly. I know I'm looking at the time, um, but I did want to spend some time on this. So I, from our country, from the U.S., up until recently, I would say most of us thought of terrorism as international Islamic terrorism, um, jihadist terrorism, it's not is Islam, it's jihad. Um, and, you know, I think that is where a lot of us were up until like January of this year. And then we had this amazing realization that like domestic terrorism can happen too. I, I had known a little bit longer, um, just because of where I lived at a certain point, um, I won't talk about it a lot, but I lived in Charlottesville, Virginia, um, in 2017 when there was the, um, Charlottesville protest thing and it was awful. Um, but like people didn't really know that domestic terrorism was that prevalent until early this year for the U S um, you know, Charlottesville seemed like a one-off to them. And so when I say things like domestic terrorism, it is, or when I talk about Spain and terrorism, I think the assumption that even I'm guilty of making um, is that it's mostly surrounded on the jihadist and terrorism and like international terrorism, but it's really not in Spain. Um, so in Spain, there are separatist terrorist groups um, that are no longer actively combatant but were for a very long time. Um, so those are things like ETA is one which was based out of the Basque country. Um, there were some Catalonian ones um, and it's focused on the way 
it's it all comes out of like the Spanish Civil War and the nightmare that was Spain during the Civil War and the way these 17 autonomous communities have all were all kind of forced to live homogeneously and they they're not um like they didn't have autonomous status at that time they were all under Franco's control and it was awful um and when they came back you know the collective Spanish government said let's keep it this way um and then give them autonomy but like we can still have top control um which has happened. We've seen that kind of play out through the pandemic. We've seen that play out with the Catalonian independence vote in 2017. Like, at the end of the day, the Madrid government, or, the, like, not the Madrid government, but the central Spanish government has control. Um, and so people are upset about that. Um, I'm not saying right or wrong, um, but there were, for a very long time, groups that wanted to receive their independence for their autonomous community and would go to any length to get that. Um, any length. And so there are a lot of victims of terrorism in Spain because of this. Um, and they're not the only country to have this, um, but they are the only country that we talk about that has a lot of separatist violence or did. Um, it's not as violent now. Um, there's definitely still some violence, but it's not organized groups um, in the way it was. Like, Edo was a very vicious terrorist organization. So it was interesting in that this in the Basque country um, draws a lot of controversy. King Felipe in and of his own right as king draws a lot of controversy in the Basque country and Catalonia terrifies me when he goes to Catalonia. I'm almost as on edge when he goes to the Basque country um, just because they are very much proud of their heritage and as they should be but they don't want to be a part of central Spain and anyway um so there's just a lot of tension and and this is very um it's drawing a lot of sides so like every news report even the gossipy like pro-monarchy gossip rags um talk about the fact that there were like seven different groups there was like the pro-monarchy group and then the pro-independence group and the pro-republic group and it was just like a little scary um you know police and riot gear is always terrifying to me. Um, so I don't know. It's just interesting. Also, I expected this to be like a much bigger deal than it was. Like they have been building up to this since May or March and it was not a big deal at all. Like it was, it's a big deal. The accomplishment is huge, but like this has been a project in the works for years. And, uh, The importance of it, I'm not negating that. The execution was left a little to be desired, if you ask me. But the importance of the event is to honor victims of terrorism throughout Spain's history, because that is really important. So, that is the day in the Spanish royal family. Um, and with that, let's go ahead now and move on to the Swedish royal family. Thank you. 
Sweden is another country where there were a good amount of events, but not a ton of information on all but one of them. Um, I just come to expect it now. Like, today there was an Out of the Palace event, and I've seen nothing about it. Um, So, let's start with yesterday. On Monday, Queen Sylvia took part in a webinar about anti-doping with the Karolinska Institute. It was revealed today that she actually opened that digital discussion, um, which we didn't know yesterday because I literally read you verbatim basically what is on the Royal House's website. Um, Also on Monday, this is like the one thing I know anything about, um, Crown Princess Victoria presented the 2020 as well as the 2021 Astrid Lindgren Memorial Awards um, in a hybrid ceremony. So Astrid Astrid Lindgren is the woman who wrote Pippi Longstocking. Um, So she is obviously Swedish. And this book is obviously beloved. Um, I actually have never read Pippi Longstocking. I think I might rent it from the library and read Pippi Longstocking. Um, But anyway... um, And so in 2003, uh, a year after Astrid Lindgren's death, this award was established to celebrate children and young, uh, children's and young people's literature and, um, also like art included in books for young people. Um, so in, I think in 2020, the winner was a South Korean woman who is an illustrator. And in 2021, the winner um, I believe is a French man who is an author of children's literature. So, a wide variety of things focused on ways to enrich enrich children's experience experiences with books. Um, I also am shocked that I've never read Pippi Longstocking. Things I'm going to change reading Pippi Longstocking. Um, so, that was yesterday. And then today, King Carl Gustav held a farewell audience with the South Korean and German ambassadors. So each ambassador got their own farewell audience. Um, and nothing is ever shared from those. And then King Carl Gustav and Queen Sylvia attended a music festival at the German church in Stockholm. How do I know nothing about this? Why is this not shared anywhere? Okay, you know what? It's 2 a.m. in Stockholm. Let's see if they've updated their website to share this. Maybe it was like a midnight update or something. It was not. Nope, there's there's nothing on it. Makes me crazy. Okay. Um, And then finally, Crown Princess Victoria and Prince Daniel took part in a board meeting for the foundation named in with their name on it. So that is the day, you guys. Sorry, that got a little long. I rambled, like, a lot today. Um, I loved it, but I know that got a little long. I apologize. So, I'm going to end this episode and start updating all the things that I update every night. Um, So, please check those out uh, after you listen or while you're listening to this. Um, It's thedailyroyal.com and then thedailyroyal on Instagram. Also, you can like and review this podcast as it really helps it out. Um, And I will talk to you all tomorrow. Have a fantastic Wednesday. Bye.